Hi everyone, and welcome once again to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Terry Blackwood is the son of Doyle Blackwood, original co-founder of the Blackwood Brothers Quartet. Terry's distinctive vocal styling has been featured on many chart-topping singles. Terry joined the Imperials Quartet in 1967, and two years later, in 1969, the group were picked by Elvis to sing with him on his return to live performances that July. The Imperials continued to sing backup for Elvis until the fall of 1971 and can be seen in the movie Elvis That's the Way It Is. They recorded in the studio with him in May and June 1971 when Elvis recorded the Grammy Award winning album He Touched Me. I'm delighted to say that Terry joins me on the show now to tell me more about working with Elvis. Hi Terry, thanks for joining me today on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. So, thank you so much, Steve. It's good to be with you. And uh, you're in Nashville. How's Nashville today? Is it cold or is it warm? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cold and warm. It depends, it depends on the day you're asking about. I saw a Facebook post, actually, and you'd taken it of snow, and you said that was quite a rare occurrence. Yeah. In the month of January, we had two three-inch snows. We had another one in February, but today it's just uh, rain. Right. Just uh, rain and rain, rain. We had rain for for two days now. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a bit of sunshine now. That's what you need. Yeah, tomorrow the, the sun shines. So ah, we'll yeah. be happy to see that. <laughs> it's like that song, isn't it? The sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah. The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, you know, you should take up singing. You might, you, you, you could make a living out of it. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Very much so. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. <laughs> so. Elvis Presley. Um, you first worked with Elvis in 1969. However, that wasn't the first time you'd met him, was it? No. Uh, actually, I met him several years before that when I was just a young teenager. And my father, uh, Doyle Blackwood, was uh, an, an original member of the Blackwood Brothers Quartet. And uh, he had decided that he wanted to uh, try his hand at... Uh, joining the state legislature in Nashville. So he joined a party and, uh, he was, he was, the campaign was going well. And the Saturday before the election on Tuesday, the party asked if, if all the candidates would, uh, drive their vehicle down main street, uh, to a ticker tape parade or some kind of a parade where all the people lined the sides of the street and the candidates could wave back at all the people. The only problem was we didn't have a really nice car. So because we knew Elvis, my father called him and said, Elvis, do you have a, a car that I could borrow for the day? And Elvis said, yes. So I rode the, our vehicle out to Graceland and that's when I met Elvis and we drove, we left our car there, his car there, and we drove Elvis's Daddy, and as a candidate, was the only candidate down Main Street driving a pink Cadillac. Yep. That was the one that was probably uh, he bought for Gladys, probably, was it? Uh, probably, maybe so. You know, he loved Cadillacs. Yeah. He, there was a Cadillac dealership not far from Graceland, and he <laughs> bought several cars from that, <laughs> from that dealership. This was one of them. But he liked pink, so that's why he had a pink one. Yeah. Yeah. They may had maybe had to a special order that one for him. 
Oh yes, I would imagine so. Um, Do you so, remember it had a white a white top and a pink body on it? Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, the one we drove. Um, so uh, after that, the Imperials first recorded with Elvis in May 1966, didn't they? How great thou art! But you hadn't actually it's joined. Correct. You had actually hadn't joined the Imperials then. You joined the next year, correct. I believe. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. At that time, uh, the the owner, or the manager of the Imperials, was Jake Hess, the elite singer, and he had uh, Gary McSpadden on the baritone and. In 1967, I had just graduated from the University of Memphis, not knowing what to do with my life. And all of a sudden, the phone rang, and it was the Imperial's office in Nashville. And they told us that Jake was having to leave the group because of health issues. I guess he got sick of singing. I don't know. But he... He, he he had to take a break from the group and actually resigned and they considered replacing him with someone else. But then I think it was Joe Muskeo maybe recommended me to the group and lo and behold, they called and I, I had to think about it a week, but then I called back and said, yes, I'd like to do that. So I joined them, uh, in the summer of 67, along with um, uh, Roger Wiles, who came in at the same time on baritone. And that was the group that Elvis uh, loved. And that was a, a, an amazing group of singers. Yeah. Roger Wiles, me, Jim Murray, Armin Morales, and Joe Muskeo. And by that time, when Elvis called, we already had two albums under our belt we had a group uh, an album called new dimensions uh and then we recorded an album later that later the next year called imperials now and those are the two albums that uh elvis heard and loved and that's why after listening to those he decided he wanted us to join him in vegas he said i want those guys (laughs) yeah he wants those well at that time we were really hitting our stride yeah the first year was really hard. We had a lot of dates canceled and uh, we weren't sure we were going to make it. And, and then uh, actually what happened before Elvis was Jimmy Dean, the country artist called us uh, after about a year. And so he flew us to New York where we did a, a reading session with his uh, musical director and they wanted to see if we could read music. And after we passed that test, we started singing with Jimmy Dean on the road. And we did that for about a year until Elvis called in 69, May of 69. And we decided we would, we would trade Jimmy Dean for Elvis Presley. You think that was a good trade? Uh, I think that was a very, very good trade. Did you have to think about it very long? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a funny story connected with that. Okay. Uh, Elvis. Uh, one morning, uh, in 69, May of 69, Joe Muskeo, our manager and MC and piano player was in the office early that day. And before we had gotten there and about nine o'clock that morning, uh, Elvis Presley called. He said, Joe, I, 
I love the sound of the new group. I've been listening to the New Dimensions record and the Imperials Now record. And I'm opening in Las Vegas uh, in July of that same year, 1969. He said, I've already secured the TCB band and the Sweet Inspirations, and I'd love to have the Imperials join us. Would you be available? Well, the, uh, the office was empty. No one was there but Joe. He said, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Elvis. Let me ask the guys. So he turned around to the empty room and he said, guys, would you want to go to Vegas with Elvis in July? Came back on the phone five seconds later and he said, they all nodded yes. You want to be there? <laughs> so uh, so he, he said, when's the first rehearsal? We'll be there. <laughs> So uh, obviously th- th- that that leads me on to the the, the question then. So the 1969 rehearsals, um, they they must have or you must have run through an awful lot of songs with Elvis, um, and obviously not all, not all of the, not all of them made the show. Oh yeah, we probably learned twenty or thirty or forty songs uh, with intricate arrangements that he basically arranged for the for the show. And actually, a lot of them were cover songs. Mm. You remember the song, well, Bridge Over Troubled Waters was cut by Simon and Garfungal, but Elvis loved the song so much, yeah, we, we put that in the show. And there's not many artists that can do a cover song and, get, and be so successful with it. But most people don't remember Gar- uh, Simon and Garfunkel's record as much as they do Elvis's yeah, cut that's of right, yeah. Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Same thing went for uh, Tony Joe, Tony Joe White with um, what's that song that Tony Joe cut? Um, Poke Saladani. Yeah, Poke Saladani. That was written by by Tony by uh, Tony Joe White. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I liked Elvis's cut better than better than his. Yeah. So uh, let's let's go to the actual opening night then, July the thirty first, nineteen sixty nine. What, what's your memories of that night? Because this was a monumentous return for Elvis, wasn't it? After the nineteen sixty eight comeback special, he was really on a roll, and uh, he really hit his stride, didn't he? Oh yeah, I mean he had uh, he had opened in Las Vegas and downtown Vegas and it didn't go too well because I guess he was too young and inexperienced. And so he was very nervous about 69's show because he didn't want to flop. So I remember him walking backstage like a caged animal. He was really nervous. He didn't want to go out there and have, have the people boo him like they did. So we're backstage and we're saying, you're going to be fine, Elvis. It's, it's okay. You know, they're going to love you. He kept saying, man, I don't know. I don't know if I should go. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm just nervous about the whole thing. So we uh, we walked out on the stage. We were already out there. We went out first. The uh, Everyone was out on stage, and we started the an intro. And when Elvis hit the stage, every flashbulb in the entire building went off. It looked like it changed from night to day. And he knew at that point that he was home free. Everyone was going to love what he did. And they did. They loved, uh, they loved Elvis. Didn't, didn't mind, didn't matter what he's saying or what he said. 
They just wanted to see the man that they had listened to on records and seen on television. It was a great night. He really looked fantastic as well. There's some great photographs of him taken in a black suit after the show at the press conference, and he looked absolutely phenomenally good-looking, just so handsome. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think his best years were from 69 to 72. Well, actually, the 68 comeback special, he looked amazing in yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, I uh, agree. But then in 69, he changed his wardrobe to a white, to the more the jumpsuit. Uh, high collar phenomenon. He liked the high collars because he had kind of a long neck and he wanted to cover it. But uh, the look was amazing and the suits were amazing. They were Most of them were made out of leather. So after a show, he would be coming off the stage just wringing wet with sweat. Yes. And that leather doesn't breathe. So he had, a, he had to change leather suits on every show. He, uh, he made a comment during the actual 68 uh, special saying, man, this suit is hot, I'm telling you. You know, he actually, I think he turned to Charlie and said it, I think. And he yeah. was sweating a lot as well. Yeah. But he looked so good, he felt it was worth the, uh, worth the extra effort. <laughs> um, do, were you, do you remember what happened after he came off stage, after that uh, first night? Uh, were you in the dressing room? or Because there's, some, there, there's a story saying that him and Colonel Tom Parker embraced after the show. Were you there for that, or do you remember seeing that? I, I, don't, I don't remember going to the dressing room, but I do remember that he was just elated and ecstatic that the response was so much better than he had anticipated so uh, i didn't see his embrace with the colonel but he did he was just you, you could see the expressions on his face how happy he was that the vegas audience mm. and enjoyed his show yeah uh, you know he, he the anxiety was over and he was very he decided he had, he knew then that he was going to be okay with the show in vegas that's great. That's great. And and then, of course, the next uh, engagement was January, February of 1970. And then the following summer was uh, That's the Way It Is. Now, you, you we see you in the in the film uh, or the movie That's the Way It Is as well. And that looked like a lot of fun uh, you had during the making of that film. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I think most of that was filmed the first month we were in Las Vegas. And they might have cut some more on the following uh, month's engagement, but they put all that together and out the, 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 the summer, they came out with the That's the Way It Is special. Yeah. Uh, it was a great, great, a great depiction of the Elvis that, that everyone knew and loved in Vegas. He was at his prime then, uh, Steve. He was, he looked good. He sounded great. Uh, it was just an honor and a privilege to be there with him on stage. Did you uh, notice any differences between, say, uh, July 1969 and then the following year when he did That's the Way It Is? Did he slow down a little bit for That's the Way It Is, or was it still a high-performance sort of show? No, no, no slowdown for Elvis. Mm. I mean, I, I, the whole, entire time we were with him, he was high energy, and he did all of his karate moves on stage. Uh he was an amazing singer. Most baritones uh, have a certain limited range of maybe an octave to, to 10 to 12 notes. But on Hound Dog, Elvis reached up and hit a B flat below high C, which 
most baritones can't reach, but Elvis did. Yeah. Uh, and he could sing a ballad, soft, slow ballad, and then he could turn around and sing Hound Dog and just riff the place up. He was an amazing singer, and he was good the whole time we were with him. Yeah, I mean, I've heard James Burton say the same sort of thing. He said, this man can sing anything, anytime, anywhere. He was that talented. Oh, yes. And think about back then, they didn't have auto-tune. Mm, exactly. And so there were there were times when he might have had a bad night or couldn't sleep, and he had to do the two shows the next night. He might have slipped a little bit, but he never, he never complained and never said he's never indicated that he was in any difficulty at all. He just kept plugging away and the people loved him. They didn't really care if he shaded a pitch. They just wanted to see him. Um, uh, near the end of the engagement in 1970, there was a death threat on Elvis's life. Do you, do you remember that happening? Do you remember that? I do. Uh, there's a, there was a segment in the show. I think it was love and feeling where he turns his back to the audience and they spotlight his back. And he had received a note from an irate boyfriend of someone that he, that a boyfriend's girlfriend uh, loved Elvis. And Elvis and, and this boyfriend didn't like the fact that the girlfriend liked Elvis so much. <laughs> so he's, he'd sent a note back to Elvis saying, tonight I'm going to kill you. I'm going to shoot you in the back. And so, of course, he was concerned. He was a target. He was a, you know, an open target for someone to shoot him in the back. So um, that night, all the Memphis Mafia and the police were out front inspecting everyone who came into the show. And on that show, he, he didn't change it a bit. He, he stood there with his back to the audience and that spotlight right on his back and finished the entire song without any problems. That took a lot of courage for him, but he did it. An awful lot of courage, yes. All, all for the show. He, he really wanted to, uh, to be a, an encouragement and, uh, to the people, and I think he did that. I'm pretty sure maybe uh, his manager and maybe his father as well probably said, Elvis, you, you don't have to go on if you, if you don't want to. Uh, oh yeah, and said, Elvis sure being did, Elvis, yeah. he wouldn't disappoint his fans. Right, right, right. He was an amazing singer, and so much, uh, so much that I can't even describe how good he was or how charismatic he was on stage. There's been no other singer like him. That's for sure. Um, recording sessions. You were in the recording studio with Elvis uh, quite a few times. Uh, what was that like? Did did he run the, uh, the 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 sessions, or was it Felton Jarvis that ran them? Or no, well, Felton had the songs picked, but uh, Elvis pretty much did what he wanted to do on the sessions. Most singers stand in front of a stationary mic and sing their song. Elvis didn't want to do that, so he he grabbed this portable mic and <laughs> thought he felt like he was back in Vegas and he was run around in the studio with the mic in his hand and we we're over on the side singing back up to him while he's jumping all around the the, uh, the studio singing the song but it worked out it worked out great Steve there was uh, 
it just turned out good. I think he often said he can't. He's tried to stand still when he's singing, and he just can't do it. So that's no. probably the reason why he had to do that in the studio as well. No, you know, he didn't. He didn't really. He didn't do. He didn't do all those moves to to excite the people. He just did it because he couldn't stand still to the music. Yeah, he just loved the music so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, you worked on uh, He Touched Me album, the, the gospel He Touched Me album, didn't you? I, we did, yes. Uh, in, uh, in around 1971, we cut an album called Love is the Thing with the group that was with Elvis in Vegas. That was the third record we did, and Elvis heard it. He said, he said to us, guys, I want to I cut that five, four or five songs off of your love is the thing record. And I want to use the same arrangement that you did only put my voice on. So we went into the studio with him and we cut his, uh, he touched me record with, he touched me, reach out to Jesus. I've got confidence. Um, uh, there was one or two more, uh, uh, uh I think a thing called love. And we did, we did, we did the record called, the record was titled, He Touched Me. And we cut that particular record uh, to, with Elvis's voice on it and turned out great. You know, he only won three Grammy albums in his entire career. And all three of them was for, all three were for his gospel records. And this record, He Touched Me, was his third uh, Grammy award-winning album. It's a, it's a fine album, fine album. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now, and it's, it's, you might not be able to answer it, because I always find this very difficult to answer as well, but I do have an answer. Um, what is your favorite gospel song that Elvis sang? Oh, wow, there's so, there's so many. Uh, but every song that every song that he did, he just sang with such passion. And, uh, I love songs like his hand in mine and how great thou art. Yeah. And, well, you know, how great thou art is, is known around the world. When we, when we go to Austria and Germany, everyone knows how great thou art. And I don't know if I have a favorite of, I like his up-tempo versions of uh, confidence. I've got confidence. God will always see me through. And then I, then he does a, a great rendition of He Touched Me. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a fine one. made me whole. Yeah, and then his hand in mine on the second album, the How Great Thou Art album, is just an amazing, amazing rendition of that song. Well, mine at the moment, and I'll say at the moment, is um, Stand By Me. Which is uh, from the oh, I love that. yeah from the how great thou art. But then again, next week you you could ask me and it would be a different answer. It could be crying in the chapel or his hand yeah, in mine or love, something like that. that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, last Sunday uh, in Kentucky uh, at my brother-in-law's church where he's pastor, I sang uh, "Stand by Me." Uh huh. I love I love the song. Yeah. And, uh, Elvis's cut on it is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. His voice is just, uh, I mean, when he hits the high notes and then he, you know, and then the, the, his voice just soars up and down. It's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's one of the, one of the most amazing singers I've ever heard. 
Um, the, you know, I mean, there's, there's uh, unreleased takes and alternate takes available of Stand By Me. And when you listen to them, you think, why wasn't that released? You know, what was wrong with that? <laughs> what did Elvis find wrong with that take that he wouldn't say, that's it, guys, that's enough? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know he was a perfectionist. He, he loved the song. He was a perfectionist. He always wanted to give every... Every record is very best. He might might have liked to have sung it again. I know I've made records in the past that I wished I could have sung over because I know I could have sung them better. But uh, I don't think that people really noticed a little shading and pitches there, here and there, because they they got to hear the king of rock and roll sing, and they just loved him. Yeah. So... Um- you, you, you finished with Elvis at the end of 1971. I think uh, J.D. Sumner and the Stamps took over. Was it just a, cla- right. a clash of schedules that you just had to back away and, and, and couldn't go out on, on the road with Elvis anymore? Well, it, yeah, basically it was we, we were in such demand on our own that we just didn't want to wait around for... I say we, it wasn't my decision. It was... Uh, a couple of the members in the group who owned the group, I wasn't an owner, but they decided that they didn't want to wait around for Elvis to make up his mind when he wanted to do a month in Vegas. We still had uh, Jimmy Dean and the wings waiting to use us when we were available. And on top of that, we had initiated contracts with, uh, promoters around the country who wanted us to come and sing for them. So um, the a couple of the guys decided, let's let's give up Elvis for a full schedule, a yearly schedule. And as it turned out, that was probably the worst decision they ever made. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't tell them because I wasn't an owner. Yeah. Joe Muscao didn't want to leave Elvis. Joe was the he was the visionary in the group and the the manager, but he was outvoted. And so we had to pack up our bags and leave. And looking back on it, that was a bad decision. But you can't really you can't live your life thinking about what might've been. You just have to move forward. Yes. Of and course. it was funny because not funny, but ironic that after we left Elvis, uh, when we were across town at the desert Inn singing with Jimmy Dean, Elvis would come in the back, sit down in one of the booths with his entourage. And during the show, uh, he would yell out while there was a silent moment in the, in the show, you'd say, let the Imperial sing. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy tried to ignore him, ignore him for a while. But finally, <laughs> Jimmy couldn't ignore Elvis. So we no. said, okay, let the guy sing. So we'd get up there and we'd sing. Brilliant. <laughs> and the people, at that time, we had such a good group. People always loved to hear us sing. But at the bequest and the request of Elvis Presley, we got to sing. <laughs> that's a great story that's a great story yeah. so you you did actually see elvis after you stopped working uh with him from time to time oh oh yeah we uh there was one uh, month that we were in a little a little uh casino called the landmark which was right across the street from the international and so yeah we were in the same town there was one 
one year in in Vegas, we I was there four months. This was when we were working with Elvis. We would uh, one particular year, we did a month with Jimmy Dean. The next night, we opened in Las Vegas with Jim with Elvis Presley. I didn't. We didn't even miss a night's work. We went from a month with Jimmy Dean to a month with Elvis. Later on that year, we did the same thing. We did a month with Elvis. The next night, we opened with Jimmy Dean across the street. Wow. You were a hard-working group. We didn't think of it as work. When you love what you do, no, you feel true. like God's called you to sing, you yeah. don't really think of it as work. We, uh, Well, we, we just feel like it's a God-given gift, and you don't want to sit home and waste it. You use your talents and your abilities that were given by God to to sing. And that's what we chose to do. So we didn't, we didn't look at it as work. Mm. That's a really, that's a really, really good way of looking at it. I must admit a really, really good way. I, I, I don't, I don't think Elvis looked at it at work either as well, because he enjoyed it so much. No, no. He loved to sing. He loved, loved to, uh, to share his, his vision of what he wanted to be on stage with the people. He, I don't think, he sought stardom. I think it found him. I don't think he really ever wanted to be a star. He just wanted to sing his songs. And all of a sudden, everyone loved what he did. And they loved how he approached his music. And uh, for him, it was just a privilege to sing. It wasn't, it wasn't a chance to get up there and show how good looking he was or how he could interpret a song. He just, he just loved, he loved his music. He loved uh, being in front of the people, sharing his gift with the world. It was a two-way thing because we loved him so much as well. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure that he would have loved to come to Europe uh, during the course of his, his uh, stardom, but uh, we never made it over there with Elvis, and that's probably why we have such a following in Europe because so many of the people never got to see Elvis. And so they just want to shake our hand, shake my hand. I'm really the only one left in the Imperials that's traveling or touring. Yeah. But they just want to meet someone who knew Elvis. I'm just thrilled to be a part of that. Um, I've got to ask you, uh, Terry, about the, the, the day Elvis died and, and uh, what you were doing and what you remember of that terrible time well i had left the imperials in 71 and i i had uh in seven in, in uh it was a 77 he passed away yes 77 77 yeah yes i had joined i had formed a group called andrus blackwood and company sherman andrus and i had uh left the imperials about three months apart and we were tra traveling around as as Andrus Blackwood and Company. We were just leaving Memphis, and the radio came on with the news that Elvis had passed away. I was totally shocked, totally shocked, because when we left him, he looked so good and he sang so well. I mean, how could this good-looking man, who's in such great shape, pass away? Just it just was a a, a shock to me. But, um, yeah, I, 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 
I, I remember being out in East Memphis on the way out of town and, the, and on the radio there, it came up that Elvis Presley passed away. I couldn't be at the funeral because we were doing concerts at the time, but uh, it was a shock to me. It was a shock to the world. Um, the, Everybody remembers where they were when Elvis died. Yes. That yes. shows you what an impact he had on the world because uh, everyone who who heard of the of his death knows exactly where they were and what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I say that many, many people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always have a saying, you know, that the world was a lot brighter for Elvis Presley being in it. And it's a little bit darker now. He isn't in it. I mean, the world, the, the world definitely was a better place for him being in it. That's for sure. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. He, um, he really was a, a light to a lot of dark lives who really needed encouragement, and, and uh, he gave them that. And I think that's what he found in us. He, he loved the fact that we, we uh, shared his music and his love for singing. And, you know, he was such a fan of gospel music because of the, my family, the Blackwood Brothers. He would come to our church and sit in the back row and listen to the Blackwood Brothers sing. He loved he loved my family singing, and he he wanted when he started um, doing his his music his his songs for the first song he did was for his mother. Uh, he started sounding like a Southern gospel singer, <laughs> only with all the moves included in it. <laughs> And when we got to the penthouse after the second show, whenever we were invited up there, we didn't sing rock and roll. We sang gospel music. Yes, that's right. Uh, there's, there's a sequence in uh, Elvis on tour where he says, that, you know, we, we go up to the room after the show and we sing gospel. He says, it puts my mind at ease. Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know, the, the old routine was we would, we would uh, come into the penthouse and sit down. We would have a, a little little to eat and then, we would uh, often we would get to see a karate demonstration with Elvis and poor Charlie Hodge, who was his <laughs> the guy who he beat up on every night. <laughs> but it was so fun, and we had a lot of a lot of great memories around the piano, singing "Amazing Grace" and "How Great Thou Art." He loved uh, black gospel music, the harmonizing four and the Dixie Hummingbirds. One of his favorite singers was a bass singer named Jimmy Jones. And he did a cut of Farther Along that, that Elvis played almost every night we went up there. We'd sing, her, sing that song around the piano. I remember one night when we were in the penthouse, Mama Cass was up there. And you know, the mamas and the yes, papas. Yes, I do, her? yeah. Yeah, we were standing around the piano and we were singing all of these great gospel songs. And we got to amazing grace, started singing that song. When we finished up, we sang every verse. And when we got done, I looked over at mama Cass and she was crying. And someone said, mama, are you okay? And she said, Oh yes, I'm okay. She said, I just, I haven't sung that song since I was a little girl. So it was a very special night for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does Terry do these days? Uh, you were at uh, um, Graceland, were you, for Elvis's birthday this year? 
Yeah, we were there uh, January the 7th and the 8th. We did a gospel concert on the 7th uh, for the people there. And then on the 8th, I did a conversations uh, interview with Tom Brown. Oh, yes, Tom, yeah. And, now, and Tom, what a great interview he, the viewer he is. And uh, then they had, uh, who's the guy who does all of his, Elvis's jewelry. Uh, he he came on after me, and then uh, Lowell, the Lowell, end, I think it's Lowell Hayes, Lowell, isn't it? Yeah, Lowell, Lowell yeah. Hayes. Yeah, yeah, and he looks great, by the way. Yeah, he's still making Elvis jewelry. That's right. Yeah, and at the uh, the the last interviewer interviewee of the day was uh, Priscilla, and she came on and talked about her times and love for Elvis, and it was just a great, uh, a wonderful. <laughs> afternoon of interviews of our times and memories of working with Elvis. Very good. You, uh, you still, you, you still record, uh, albums. Oh yes. We just, uh, we just finished another one that it hasn't been released yet. Um, I just, uh, had my website updated to terryblackwood.com. And anyone, anyone over there wants to, see what's happening, you can go on there, just terryblackwood.com, and it'll, it'll keep you uh, apprised of, of what we're doing over here. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, well, I have a new, I have a new webmaster, and we're trying to, to uh, get it established as, as, as many of the uh, fans in Europe that didn't know that, so. You might be the first one to know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you took the words right out of my mouth, actually, because I have a, yeah. a note here. Please mention terryblackwood.com because I was looking yeah. at it. So, yeah, everybody should visit that and have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll it'll show you the new group. And uh, every time we're going to do a concert, I'll put it on there. In fact, in the this month, on the 17th and 18th of February, we are with Sean Clush. Oh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Marion, Illinois. Actually, Marion is on the seventeenth, and Bowling Green, Kentucky, is on the eighteenth. Right. But uh, Sean is an amazing Elvis tribute artist, and uh, so we'll be yeah, we'll be doing those shows with Sean this month. It's about two weeks away. So you're keeping busy. Busy as I want to be, I don't want to sing every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, when the opportunities arise, I like to go out and uh, take the group with me, and we just we still enjoy singing. I've I've never gotten tired of singing. In fact, when I'm in my car by myself, I turn on my music and I sing to my tracks. Yeah, I do the same thing with Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're given a gift, hey, just, if you're given a gift. You don't need to just sit on it. You need to develop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're a singer, sing in your car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, my car now, it, it knows automatically. I just, uh, you know, I just jump in and I say, hey, uh, play Elvis Presley. And bang, straight away, it brings up a track, you know. Oh. <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's got one of those voice, sure. voice, ac voice activated uh, uh, radios. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just be sure and roll up your windows in case you. You're not singing well that day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. funny. I look over at somebody uh, in the lane beside me, and they're just 
either on their phone or, or whatever. And I'm over there just singing away with my windows up. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Terry, it's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Uh, you know, I, I want to thank you for giving up this time because I know you're, you're a busy fella and we've, uh, we've been trying to talk to each other for uh, oh, over a week now and we, we finally got it together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's been a, a it's been frustrating, but I'm glad we were able to work it out. Yeah, you're, you're an absolute gentleman. And as I said, it's been a pleasure. And thanks, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Steve. God bless you. And stay safe. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My sincere thanks once again to Terry for joining me on the show today. Please check out his website, terryblackwood.com. You can find the link to the website in the description box of this video and podcast. Just a quick reminder that I host a live show on YouTube every Sunday when viewers have the chance to win Elvis prizes by taking part in an Elvis quiz. You can call the show free and talk about all things Elvis. There's live chat with other Elvis fans and much, much more. So make sure you check out the show on YouTube every Sunday. Thanks for listening and I hope you will join me next time on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Until then, take care and stay safe. <music>